Welcome to the Road to Infinity podcast. Uh, we're here to talk about 2002's Spider-Man. Uh, this is part one of our Fall of the Spider series. Uh, joining me as always is Rob. Hey. Hey, we're going way back to before the MCU was even a thing uh, to talk about Sony's first attempt at a Spider-Man movie. Um, so we're going to, uh, this is, this will be a deep dive. So we're going to get into a little bit of the history leading up to the making of the movie. We'll talk a little bit about some behind the scenes stuff. We'll dig into our, our impressions then and now, uh, and then we'll, we'll sort of wrap it up. So uh, overall, like, so uh, just before we get into anything deep, um, sitting down, watching it again, what were, what were your, what were your overall impressions? Having that, what, I should say before I preface that, when was the last time you had seen this movie? Do you even remember? Oh no, I I I um I think I had it in iTunes, and um I remember I, I we were there day day it came out. I remember mm-hmm. going to see it in the theater. Um, I remember being totally excited because this was you know you're you're, you're wanting to see more comic book movies you know done well. This is after you know Batman sort of went off the cliff. Yeah, um, true. This is after, and so in the nineties, you know, after you had after you had Batman Forever, Batman and Robin. Um, and I think it was just, I think everyone was definitely excited to see, okay, can you do Spider-Man? Well, right. again, if you, if you know, if you're a child of the seventies and you remember Spider-Man from like the electric company or mm-hmm. even the co- cartoons and things like that, or even the live action it? series and, and exactly even the live action series, which, okay. And if you know what we're talking about, look up seventies, what seventies Spider-Man live action. Yep. Yeah. I think I, the, I, 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 YouTube, there was the, the first one was called the deadly dust. Right. Let's let's just say that the suit is more like an old sock. <laughs> so here's so here's the thing. When the trailers came out for this, and when you first saw what they were doing with this, the two things that blew you away was was that okay, whoa, this looks legit. Mm-hmm. This literally looks like Spider-Man off the comic book page in real life. And what they were kind of teasing was you're gonna see what's I mean. Okay, again, here's a, here's another '70s reference. Mm-hmm. When this first Superman movie came out with Christopher Reeve and people, and the 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 marketing was, you're going to believe a man could fly. Yes, you. This movie was, you're you going to believe a man, a man could be a spider. Yeah, you'll believe man can sling. Yes, like yeah, whatever. Right. Yeah. I mean, we had not seen this before, so you know, I think we went in. I certainly, I believe, you know, went in really super excited, and I remember loving it. I remember really, I remember loving a lot of it. I remember loving Tobey Maguire. Um, I remember loving Kirsten Dunst, uh, you know, but there were some things I did not realize until I saw it now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I, I, mean, I was just curious to have you were saying that you'll believe man can fly. That's the famous line from that. I was curious, does Spider-Man have one of those? And apparently they had a bunch of them. They had a bunch of taglines according to IMDb, which obviously take it with a grain of salt. IMDb is, is, uh, you know, crowdsourced. So not hundred percent accurate, but the 11 taglines <laughs> of Spider-Man were with great power comes great responsibility. Sure, makes sense. Of course. An ordinary man, an extraordinary power. That's terrible. Uh, get oh. ready for the ultimate spin. Yeah. That's good. Oh, I remember that. That was horrible. <laughs> uh, do you want to know who I am? I'm Spider Man. <laughs> God. It's like kind of a quote from the movie um, to the end. Next summer, one hero will take you for the ultimate spin. Boy, they really were. Doubling down on this oh, ultimate spin. All thing. over the spin, jeez. Okay. Yes. Oh boy. On May third, the entire world will connect to the web. <laughs> oh, too clearly, clearly a world still <laughs> learning what the internet's yeah. were. Okay, this is this is not bad. A gift, a curse, a destiny. 
that's not bad. Oh, okay, here, this is, this is a, here, this is one of the ones a quote from the movie. If someone told you I was just your average guy, not a care in the world, somebody lied. Oh my god. Uh, <laughs> um, then okay, then uh, we have this is my gift. It is my curse. Okay, sure. Okay, okay yeah. go for the ultimate spin. There we go, ultimate spin again. And last one, turn your world upside down. I like that one. So. So here's the thing. I mean, I, I mean, obviously, and we can't, and we'll probably bring this up a few times in this. You can't not see put this movie in the context of the time it was. Released. Yes, exactly. So yeah, so let's 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 go back then. Let's roll back and let's set the scene. Right. So obviously, Superman is still in everyone's mind because Superman was the the best superhero movie that wasn't called Batman, and it's it was the most right. hopeful of all of them. Marvel hadn't really had any hits. Uh, of this size that were not blade. So they're the Marvel side hadn't really had that kind of thing. So you can see a lot of Superman influence on Richard Donner's original 1978 Superman. You can feel a lot of that sort of the DNA in there or that that was clearly on their minds when they were doing it. Um, I was going to talk a little bit about the, the legal ramifications, like how, why did it take so long? Like of all these other movies came out, we've had, all these other movies have come out. There's there, there's that terrible Fantastic Four movie. There's that terrible Captain America movie that they tried. They they tried to make. There was even a Spawn movie before there was a Spider Man movie. Oh my right? god! Why? I, but yes. and they realize it's it's legal. So there's a whole like thing that goes along with this about the legal ramifications of like this guy's. I have the rights. No, now I have the rights. Well, I have the rights. Well, I, now I have the rights, and I have a director. Oh, but we have the rights to that director. It was a, it was a whole thing. So I was trying to figure out a way to condense it, and I found I couldn't. But uh, I found somebody who did. So if you go, if you search the web for horror geek life, um, they have, they actually put a great article together called unspun the definitive story of James Cameron, Spider-Man, because James, then I was going to talk about that. James Cameron originally had the right to Spider-Man. He was going to do it. And so they break down from the beginning and go all the way through all the legal ramifications and who sued who and who went out of business and who had the rights and who lost the rights and, uh, yeah, I, I even forgotten as I was reading through it that Marvel had gone out of business. They they had they had chap they had gone full oh. bankruptcy at one point, and so That's at the time right. Sony was like, "Hey, uh, how about we uh, buy those spider rights for?" They're like, "Yes, whatever you want, please, just give us money." Uh, and they managed to pull themselves out of it. And obviously, you know, the, we know the, how the end of that story. Uh, but at the time, yeah, James Cameron was the guy who was going to do it, and there even is a treatment out there. Uh, that you can read, uh, you can find online, where he, it was not exactly a script. It's, they call it a scriptment. Like he sort of did some scenes, but a lot of talking, and, and like the bad guy is Electro, and um, uh, there's, a, there's, a, there's a lot a lot going on in that thing. And, and I think James Cameron's an interesting guy because he has never made a bad movie. Every movie he's made has been either good or great, which is weird. I'm kind of glad he didn't make Spider-Man because the more I read about his Spider-Man stuff, I'm it's like, Ooh, ah, yeah, I don't, I don't like, <laughs> I, I don't, I wouldn't like this at all. Uh, he was going to have, um, uh, from Titanic, uh, Leonardo DiCaprio was going to be his Spider-Man. Arnold Schwarzenegger was going to be Dr. Octopus. There was all this stuff. Uh, oh, so none of that happened. No. So when everything finally cleared and, and he was off the map, because I think he was making, I don't remember what he was making at the time. Was True Lies? I don't know. Something basically had got him off the board, so he was off doing something else. 
Uh, so he couldn't make the he couldn't make Spider Man when it was available, and so they went to Sam Raimi. Now Sam Raimi is actually one of my favorite directors. He was a guy who started out of Michigan. He made independent film. He made like he made The Evil Dead. That was his first sort of like low, no budget horror movie. Just his friends in a cabin uh, running around through the woods, uh, and it, and but put it together magnificently. And then of course he got a lot of money, so he was able to remake that as Evil Dead Two. And then he made one of my favorite movies of all time, Army of Darkness. Uh, seriously, if, even if you're not a horror fan, see Army of Darkness. It is it is one of the funniest movies, and I, I know it holds up because I watched it this right before I watched Spider Man again with my 11 uh, year old, and she loved it. Does not like horror movies at all. She was really afraid when I told her it was Army of Darkness, and there were you know zombies, monsters, and that kind of stuff. But she was howling through the whole movie. Loved, loved, loved it. Uh, and that that movie still holds up, uh, and was a huge bomb. <laughs> <laughs> at the box office. And that's what's interesting about Sam Raimi is at the time he got this job, he was not a Steven Spielberg level success. He had had a no, series he, of bombs. I mean, in, in fact, in fact, let me just yeah. say this. Here's, here's here. If you asked me, say, okay, can you summarize him? Yeah. Here's how I would summarize him. The quick and the dead. Yeah. And time cop. Uh, he didn't do time cop. That was um, somebody else. Uh, oh, oh, he was. He did Quick um, in the Dead, though. Um, he did Quick in the Dead. Like, no, no, that's right. He, he, was, he, he was consulted uh, on. He consulted on. He was time the cop. Australian no, guy. Quick in the name is right now. But yeah, yes, so, yes, so, yes. So, so from but Quick, quick in the, the Dead, dead is, a, the is a was a wet is a western uh, in, a, in a time that they were not making westerns. <laughs> that's ninety five. Oh, yeah, uh, <laughs> it is. It is one of the things I love about Sam is he is because I you know I can I can call him Sam. Let's just call him Mr. Raimi, really. Uh, is his visual style? He really likes to do a yes. lot of fun stuff with the camera. Puts it in weird places. Uh, like there's there's a whole sequence in Army of Darkness where it's just zooms. It's a, like very like it's this whole montage of, of him uh, putting together. Uh, well, I don't, I don't want to spoil anything for those who haven't seen it, but basically assembling something, uh, and it's just zooms on on. It's, it's like like wide close wide close wide close <laughs> and it and it's perfect for that scene uh he does a lot of fun stuff like that so he had uh, he had come from he did dark man not a success army of darkness oh, quick yeah. and the dead a simple plan for love of the game and the gift none of those were real like hits i mean like the, the thing is he right. was he was right. um uh, like he had, he was good at putting his visual style on whatever he did so you could always look at it and go, oh, this this doesn't feel like anybody else's stuff, which is rare. There's a lot of guys out there who just emulate other people. He doesn't try and do that. So all these things, but they're all, I guess, I'm stuck with the baseball thing, maybe because I see, because he did For Love of the Game. These are all base hits. He had never really had a, a home run. And so the fact that he got the Spider-Man job was kind of a surprise. I mean, I they the I give the executives credit. They they looked at his stuff and saw that he had the visual flair and he's really good with actors and he's really good at casting. He can really spot talent. So that's the thing you can see in all of those movies. He has he was getting top tier talent because they all wanted to work with him because they really liked him. He's an actor's director, I guess you'd say. Um, but still was strange that he would that it, it would they give him the job. But so he did. And then uh, Tobey Maguire was another one who was – he had been acting for a long time. Um, he started out fairly young. Uh, but he it was off of the Cider House Rules. Cider House Rules was a big hit in the, the mid-90s um, with, Sam, with uh, Michael Caine. Uh, I think 
I'm trying to remember what the they what, it had a bunch of Oscars attached to it, uh, but everyone from that was like, oh, he's the guy. And Wonder Boys was in about the same time, I think, too. Um, so he was a guy. He's an interesting choice because I, I, I so what we've seen of Spider-Man from that point, sort of like he's kind of the outlier. <laughs> so what are you, what are your, what are your feelings on, uh, on just this? Obviously he's done three movies. So we're trying not to think about the other ones right now. We're just talking about this one. How do you feel about Tobey Maguire as Peter Parker? Well, it, it's, it's the, you, um, what I remember when I watched this again is that he's yes. very awkward. I mean, he's, it's not awkward in how you've seen in like a Tom yeah. Holland performance. He's awkward in a, he looks like he yeah. doesn't belong there in a, in a, Hey, I'm actually working for the ATF <laughs> and I'm here to spot. Oh, you think he looks like a narc? <laughs> Cause it's just so out of place. Well, part of it. And uh, you know oh, what I mean? Like, I mean, he, he just, it just, it just, it's just completely out of place. Even there was, there, I mean, this kind of gets into my mm-hmm. whole, my whole thing. One of the things that surprised me is how cornball this movie is it really is it really has that i mean and i think that was intentional i think he was really trying to emulate that stanley 60s hey what's up daddy-o kind of you know vibe oh, i don't i don't remember it being thing. you know what it and also like, i had to explain this to to my daughter too when we were sitting to watch it i said oh and they got to the part and it starts out and, they, and he's trying to catch the bus and i had to stop and like oh i have to explain something to you that that you don't see nowadays all the high schoolers are played by people in their twenties, and she's like, "Oh yeah, what?" I was like, "Oh yeah." When when you see the high schoolers, you're not going to believe it, <laughs> and it is like I think Kelly Toby was like 26 when he did this movie. Like everyone right. in that bus, there's not a single teenager in that entire school. Right. Yeah, and no, that it's, was it's and that was a very you know like I say 90s, but I mean like because this movie essentially was basically made in the 90s. 2002 it was made in you know 2000 or or even 99. Some I think. I think what my memories of this movie got tinged by is what some of these guys had done since then, or yes. or like okay, I or I still come back to Cliff Robertson. Yeah, put Cliff Robertson a movie. Well, at that time it was like oh, it's like putting Charlton Heston in Tombstone, right? right. Like you know, like whoa, yeah. that's that's an actor. <laughs> yeah, it's a, yeah, it's a, and, yeah, and 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 Rosemary too. Like both of those were like legit Hollywood Golden Age actors. Yes, yes. So I guess so I guess that's what I'm just like wow. And then when you see it again, you're just like. Oh, this is cornball. And then here's the other thing, which you which you already kind of hinted at this. Yeah. Um, I forgot how much this movie looks, plays, and sounds like Batman '89. <laughs> now, so granted, that's a Danny Elfman. That's a Danny Elfman is, issue. Yeah, Danny Elfman too. I mean, obviously, he was the guy. So of course, they got him for the score because of his. Okay, but you know, but maybe there. just because I've seen Batman '89 fairly recently. Oh, it's a little absurd how similar the two movies are. Hmm, interesting. So I haven't watched Batman eighty seven in a long time. So how, uh, what what uh, what did, what did well, you the music? Really first of all, well, it's, music, it's sure. all the same vid, the same audible cues of when you know the 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 building up of the tension in every scene, and you're just like, okay, that's happening. Um, okay, so like what? Like midway through, uh, like towards the end of the second act in Batman eighty nine, there's the big parade scene with the float balloons. <laughs> well, that's there they are I again. mean, no, like it's. I'm like, wait a minute, <laughs> what the heck? Um, no, it just it just for some reason, 
wow, it's just a it's just a brighter, obviously lighter Batman. And and I I don't know, I just that never occurred to me when I remember seeing it. So I I I'd always thought that I, I kind of also colored by sort of what comes down that I have like, ugh, I just don't like Toby is thing. I don't like Toby. I like how the other guys get better. Ugh. But now I watch it and I'm still not a huge fan of, of his interpretation. But as I watched it again, I was really struck by how earnest he is. Yes. Like, he's yes. so sincere and everything. And I was like, oh, I kind of had forgotten that. Like, like everything he did, like there's, there's like even a couple of times when he's like sort of following Mary Jane around, it could come across as creepy or stalkery. I think it even someone on YouTube cut together a, like a, a creepy sort of stalkery trailer of, of uh, Spider-Man at one point. Uh, but he really is like, so you can, you can see how good hearted he is and how he just doesn't know what to do. And I, I'm like, I'm like, oh, I, I kind of see what I, I see a little bit of what he was going for. That being said, I'm still not a big fan of the way the way he went about it because I guess I wanted to see a bigger transformation between Peter Parker and Spider Man because there's a very particular. I, obviously, everybody has their own interpretation. Like, there's been many Batman's. Now there've been many Spider Man's. There's been a handful of Superman, and like you can you can pick your favorite stuff too. But like when I think of what Spider Man is. I, I want him to be confident. I want him to be funny. I want him to be, you know, like show offish. And I, and I realize this is the first movie and he's only spends a very short amount of time in the costume, but there's really no delineation between the two of them. Like he really, yeah, but compare that, com- compare that with Tom Holland. Yeah. I mean, like Tom Holland, saying, or, or Andrew Garfield, yeah, as we'll get to. I mean, I yeah. think Andrew Garfield really nailed it when he came down to when you're in the costume, you are confident. Right. Uh, and so that's, oh, that's I, I never point. really got with Toby because he's always just playing. Th- he's sort of like he goes between three and five, and that's about it. Yeah. Like he stays the, right in that same range, never really gets up or, or low. I guess the one time he does is, you know, in Spider-Man three. But we'll get to that. Well, okay. So no, and I, and I got to say this too. I uh, so no. So I mean, like overall, I'm just like wow. I mean, like the audio just I could not believe how similar. And then there were just these the, there were these moments where it was, it was all off of, you know, even when he loses the mask. And I know that comes from um, like uh, that comes more of in Batman returns, Yes, but I mean, there's just a lot of echoes of Batman and Batman returns in this. I mean, to the point where I was like, I, I see a Tim Burton influence here that I wouldn't, that I just never have noticed before. Yeah. Well, I can see um, that. I mean, that would make the sense. other thing, the other thing is, okay. And I know this is controversial. It was controversial at the time. I'm a, I am a big fan of the organic web. Yeah. I'm a, that was, so for those of you who are, are younger, uh, and we're not around when this came out. When this came out, and they put organic web shooters on Peter Parker, uh, the the burgeoning internet exploded. People were so angry at that. It was for years. This went around about how could you? That, no, that's not. Oh, how, I mean, it just went around and around. And sort of now, I look at it and go, yeah, it makes sense. It makes total sense. Yeah, like it actually makes more sense than having a, a kid be able to, you know, invent all this stuff. I mean, like obviously they've done it well. In I, I never had a problem with it in uh, Homecoming, like when he does it. So like because science, yeah, he they did it well. He is a science geek. They established that right. right from Civil War that this this Peter Parker is a science geek, and so you buy that. But this kid, this awkward kid who barely knows how to work his camera, the idea that he would c- develop a complex pneumatic system of it, it's sort of like oh yeah, it doesn't really if it's it makes more sense just go. Yeah, it's another spider thing. You go, okay. 
Yeah. I'd say that I think my favorite part of this movie has to be the training montage. Like from when he from when he misses the bus and the stuff pulls off and then he figures out how he you know, he climb walls that 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 great shot of him climbing up the wall in his in his civvies for the first time and then leaping from roof to roof. I mean, all that stuff, just pure joy. I, I really love the superhero thing when they have that they're exploring their powers for the first time. This is when uh, Captain America is chasing the cab through the streets of New York. Uh, right. It's that, that or, or Tony Stark takes his uh, Iron Man suit out in the silver for the very first time. Like, I love that stuff. Like when they're first just testing out what they can do. Uh, and and this, no, that was, and you know what? I, and I, I think the all CGI those wasn't come as bad from as I, this. Right. The, the CGI and all that wasn't as bad as I remember. No, I actually surprised. I watched it. I watched great, it in 4K. Yeah. Uh, and I was really shocked at how good the effects hold up. Yeah, they really. Uh, do. It, it's so much so that I, I sort of like, uh, <laughs> almost didn't believe uh, when Toby was just in the suit because the the Spider Man, the CG Spider Man, was so athletic and fluid. And then there's just Toby standing. <laughs> he's right. just he's uh, sorry. He's just not a physical actor. I mean, and obviously this is jaded a little bit by the fact that Tom Holland is so physical. That just the way he stands, you can tell that he's Spider-Man. But like, he's so still in everything that even when he's Spider-Man in the costume, he's still. And it's like, oh, you're Spider-Man. You're supposed to be moving. You're supposed to be. <laughs> you're not a super athlete now. You should be. Uh, I just I don't want to belabor this point. Um, no. One thing I would one thing I would also say is just kind of in the, in the early part of the film, this still has the best origin. The, the 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 I think the origin is the best story that we've seen on. Film. I agree, I agree. I think it's it's perfect. I think tonally it is absolutely perfect. Like because you you understand exactly where he's at, what his what his home life is like, what his school is like, what his what his um, adoptive parents are like. I mean, and it really still hits hard. Because I mean, like when when the, he runs back after the the wrestling match and parts the crowd, and Uncle Ben is there. Yeah, oh yeah. My my daughter went oh, and then when it was it's revealed that the guy that ran past him was the one who killed Uncle. She's like, oh no, no. I was like oh man, it still works. Like she knows oh, that, no, she's that seen totally every she's seen all the other Spider Man stuff. She knows this story. It still works. Well, the thing, okay, so the whole sequence. First of all. That wrestle the whole wrestling match yeah. thing is one of the greatest things ever. I mean, one, if you're a fan of Macho right. Randy Savage, fantastic. Ready. I forgot, like Bruce Campbell's yes. in there. Wait, Octavia Spencer's Octavia Spencer, in there. I know. What are the what, what, it's like that's what I'm saying. His casting is amazing. I mean, and, and I will I'll get back to your point too, but freaking Joe Manganiello, his first role as yes. Flash Thompson. Like on, went on to Magic Mike and and to host the the most powerful D and D game in the world. Like like everyone that he put in is exactly right for the role that they have. His oh, casting is well, even, spot even, on. Well, no, uh, what blew me away was um, Elizabeth Banks yeah. is uh, is hey. um, you know J. Jonah Jameson's secretary. Yeah. What yeah. <laughs> exactly? Uh, well, anyway, okay. So no, the, but the whole the whole wrestling sequence. So well yep. done. It it always makes me smile. I love it. And then, yeah, the way it connects. I mean, it's just it, that whole sequence is really good. They He did a great job and I love it. Yep. That's my favorite. I think it's actually my favorite part of the movie because. Oh, that is. Okay. I, well, because I, I, because I have a little issues with Green Goblin. But 
<laughs> yeah, we'll get to that. Uh, the the one thing I, I, they pointed this out, and uh, if if those of you who like uh, good comedy, there is a um, uh, a thing on Screen Rant about movie pitches. Uh, so they they sort of recreate what what if the, how, how this movie had been was pitched to an executive stuff. It's very very funny, and they did one for Spider Man too, and they say. Uh, like they make it the joke about how, oh yeah, he's going to design the suit. And it's going to look really terrible. Like, oh yeah, that makes sense. He's just a high school kid. Yeah. Until the next scene. And then he's really fantastic at it. <laughs> no. And that is, and that's like, absurd. Oh yeah. That's absolutely that right. Totally you're, you're watching this and you go, oh yeah, look at that. Like all of a sudden this gorgeous multi-million dollar suit comes out. Wait, and, and explain to me. Uh, okay. Well, no. And that's the kind of stuff you just have, you have to suspend. You have to suspend. Yeah. Like I, I like, I'm fine with organic web singers, but where did he make that costume? Well, but okay, but but can I ask this though? So when they when they go through all that effort of creating that great CGI effect of the little tiny spider claws coming out of his fingers, uh huh, h- how do those penetrate the suit that he's wearing? Did and they- and also his shoes. Yeah, how, how does that work? <laughs> I know it's like I, I appreciate that, but I don't want to know how Superman flies. I just yeah, want to. Yeah, I mean, fly. no, exactly. Like, I mean, that's the kind of stuff you just you just have right. to move on. You don't have just, to yeah. try and make ex- explanation for everything. It's okay. Like, but we're yeah, just but but fine. no. But the only thing about that one is you went through the trouble of showing the microscopic <laughs> detail. Yeah, you should have had an. Ex- I mean, because okay, you did show that, right? Yeah. Like, mm, okay. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. So, um, no, but anyway, no. Oh. So, like, I, I love that scene. Um. Yep. You know, it's just, and you know, the acting is good. It's it's funny to see James Franco too. Like, yeah, yeah, you know, just all of it. Um, but yeah, then it just gets it's, it. There's it's this got some. Oh yeah, it's got some. It's got some serious act two problems. And I, I and so this is the thing. I'm not a. I'm not the biggest fan of David Kep. David Kep is the the guy who wrote this stuff. He's and he's written a ton of stuff. Like he has got his resume is is to be there. And at the time, he had written. Uh, well, the shadow, but maybe that's not the best. Either. But he had written Jurassic Park. Okay, respect, love that movie, up and down and sideways. So that's is all. But he'd written also written the shadow. He'd written Mission Impossible. He'd written a, a pretty under underrated movie called The Trigger Effect. He'd written Lost World, Jurassic Park. But I think that was uh, like that was Dooms, no matter what. Uh, Stir of Echoes, Panic Room, and that's and then so then he got the job doing Spider Man. His stuff I find to be a little. I don't know. I guess not hokey is not the really the right word, but stuff is a little bit too on the nose. Uh, everything is very, very obvious. And it's like, like, yes, that's exactly what I expected. But every once in a while, and this could be this could be the studio stuff. We know what Sony is like, and we know how hands-on they are about everything. So I'm sure everything, every rough edge got smoothed over. But every once in a while, something really interesting would come through. And I don't know if that's the actors or Sam or or his original script. But one of my favorite exchanges is when um, they're between Mary Jane and Peter Parker, where Mary Jane has come, has been being yelled at by her. I think it's her stepfather. Right. Or, right. Her, or her actual father. And she's a stepmom. I'm not sure what this situation was, but it comes out and is crying and Peter's out there taking out the trash or whatever thing. And they, and they have this nice little, very teenagery kind of conversations. And it's after he's been bitten. And so she says something like, you like, you look, you look taller. And he says, I hunch. And she says, don't. Yeah, I just yeah. love that. It's, a, it's, yes. a, it's, a, it's such a, I, I love that. It's like in a, a big superhero movie. It's just this quiet little moment that feels very real. I love that. Uh, so everyone. That, that, was, um, that was interesting. Has that always been, I don't know if about Mary Jane's character in the comics. Was that a new take on her character? Uh, in terms of like her home life? 
Yes. Yes. Yeah. Okay. She had, she had always been like the the girl next door. She was the sort of the wild child because it was it, it, the most of it had played was the tri- love triangle. It was Gwen Stacy was the the nice girl. She was she was um, uh, Betty, and then Mary Jane showed up and she was Veronica. Got it. So she was the wild. She was at the time. It was it was she was like the hippie. Because this, you know, yeah, okay. in the sixties, so she was like had her hair long and wore fringe and you know big hats and and vests and that kind of stuff. And and Gwen Stacy was like the you know her hair was like immaculate and she wore like the very straight skirts and, and that kind of stuff. So it was the between the two of them. Uh, but but the the idea of her being an actress and being a model that that was a more modern thing that came in the um, the Todd McFarlane. Uh, era in the mid '90s when when Spider Man became huge again in comic books. Like he had always he's always been published nonstop for the last whatever it is uh, forty years. Um, but it, it blew up during the those times when Todd McFarlane was drawing it. Arizona's own Todd McFarlane, yeah, no, uh, absolutely was uh, drawing that and then eventually writing it. Um, hmm. Yeah, and so we'll see some of that play out as we go. But, uh, but okay, so I like Kirsten Dunst. She's just lovely. Oh, yeah. I had sort of forgotten. I'm like, oh yeah, like like you can see anybody would fall in love with her. She's just in this. She's she, uh, he he's he lights her beautifully. It's like she's not supermodel, and yet at the same time she's just lovely. And it's just like oh yes, oh no. like <laughs> and like has the really sincere smile. Like she, I I had forgotten like how just charming she is in this movie. Well, and and not to I mean this is just you know but this comes out later in the movie has one of the most weirdly iconic kissing scenes yes of the 2000s yeah and and i gotta say for for watching movie kissing they went for it like so many times in the most awkward way possible right in in, i mean obviously in a really awkward situation but like it wasn't just like they did the typical like soap opera kiss kind of stuff too but like in in this weird situation they like are full on you know like when it's raining when it's when it's raining, you really don't worry about it. <laughs> Guess not. And, and when one of you is upside down, I know, so apparently that was the, they had to they had to do some special stuff because uh, Toby was almost drowning because the water yes. was running up his nose. Seriously, <laughs> it's like, so oh, ridiculous. Geez. No, but yeah, no, and, she, and that, no, she really and that is still, though. She, that's still playing out. That 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 they they do that into the Spider Verse. They still call yeah. that back. That's still one of those iconic Spider Man moments. No, but absolutely right though. You know, her casting and just her performance is excellent. Yeah. I mean, yeah. and then again, I think that I think that's a Sam issue. I mean, that's, that's I think that's so too. I mean, I think I'd say he gets he's he's an actor's director. He really gets great performances out of everybody. Uh, yeah. So okay, so then oh yeah, okay, but let's do, well, let's do one more then. Perfect casting, J.K. Simmons as oh my god. <laughs> I mean, so good that they couldn't think of anybody else to do that. Like when when it came time to make the call to bring back that character, they're like, well, we have to bring jk simmons back the only in all of the movies of every movie they've ever made of any marvel character anywhere he's the one they brought back into the mcu because they couldn't find anybody who could do it as good as and i believe it like j jonah jameson is jk simmons there's just no two ways about it he's he's so perfect so ridiculously funny in the lines which i i mean just you know, oh my wife, yeah, no, tell her no, no, whatever's the cheapest, nah, yeah, stuff. And like when he's when he's negotiating with with Peter with the, uh, well, I'll give you two hundred bucks, and Peter's like, well, that sucks. All yeah. right, well, forget it. Then I don't want him. It and then stop. as he's walking away, well, no, 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 wait, let me see. I'll give you three hundred, and that's it. <laughs> it just, no, I mean, it's just the funny little stuff. But you know, and I actually did think it was interesting to remember that 
even though he seems like he has no scruples, mm-hmm. he's totally done. Yeah. When the scene comes where the Green Goblin comes and wants to find out who the photographer yeah, is, he doesn't, he doesn't give him up. No. That, I, I thought that was great. Yeah. I forgot about that. I yeah. was like, oh, he that's never, cool. never say anything nice to Peter's face, but like when the time came to it, he was willing to, to die rather than give up one of his people. Yeah, no, absolutely right. I thought that I was mean, a really nice little scene, nice little touch. Yeah, yeah. So for for not having a ton of screen time, boy, he makes a big impression. Yeah, no, awesome. Okay, so then totally let's awesome. talk about bad guys. <laughs> so is there any? Is there any? Is there any bad casting choices in this movie? I wouldn't say bad casting choices. I just I, I'm, I'm the the one thing that still doesn't quite play for me is is Norman Osborn and and the Green Goblin, Horrible. especially the Green Goblin. I didn't have a problem with Norman Osborn. It's the Green Goblin that I really had the their interpretation on. Was it's whew, absolutely it does not, horrifying. It, it does not age well. No, and you know the story about it. No, tell me. Okay, so there is. You can actually. I think you can see this on the Wikipedia page for the movie. Um, sort of like where they talk about filming and design. When they started production of this, they one of the companies did a fully animatronic Green Goblin head that looks like it's lifted right out of the comics. Oh wow! It looked amazing. The big ears, the nose, all of it, the eyes, all of it, literally like it was came right out of the comics. They started working on it before they cast the part. Oh, okay. And apparently when they cast the part, for whatever reason, uh-huh. William Defoe's agent, I don't know. <laughs> they said, oh, yeah, no, no, no. It's always going to be his face. Uh, you know, whether it's whether it's behind a static mask or not. Um. It's amazing because I mean, like, really, it could have been a totally different take on the villain, and I think it should, and it should have been because it's 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 laughable. <laughs> it it's, really is. I mean, so, when you watch it now, that costume is laughable. So I'm going to tell I'm going to tell a, 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 a small version of a great story. Uh, I was trying to find actually where I heard this story, and I I, find, I know the the podcast, but I couldn't find the episode. So Brian Michael Bendis used to do this thing on, on a podcast called Word Balloon. Word Balloon is uh, uh, is uh, hosted by John Suntris. Does interviews with all these amazing comic book creators. He's a great interviewer, I've, and I've met the man too. He's he's a he's a really solid guy. He's an old school journalism guy, and he's really uh, gets in these great conversations with them. At the and when Bendis was at his height. They would do these yearly sessions called the Bendis tapes, where they would like talk for like three or four hours about everything that was going on in their lives. These huge in-depth things, and so Bendis would tell all these many stories. Okay, Brian, for those of you who don't know, Brian Michael Bendis uh, was one of the at, at this time was the most popular creator and the current writer of Spider-Man, of Ultimate Spider-Man, but still like the Spider-Man everybody loved at the time this movie came out. So he was the guy in comics. So he tells this story and how he and Stan Lee were brought in to see an early cut of Spider-Man and to give their thoughts and to give notes and, and all these things. And so they get in, they sit down in the screening room, they watch the movie, uh, with and with executives, not not with Sam Raimi or any of the people, but the, just like the creative executive types. No, wait, no, no, wait. Is this this is and Stan Lee's filmed his part? Yes, right? Stan Lee's filmed his cameo and everything. So this is this is okay. probably two thousand and one. Sometimes this this actually this happened, okay. and so it was it was like Stan the Man Lee, and this is like a younger, you know, like like twenty years younger than what we've seen him in the MCU, uh, Stan Lee, um, and so they. 
they screen and they say, okay, we, we want it, like, you guys are both Spider-Man writers. We want to have, let, let, what are your thoughts? Let, let's have your notes so we can, you know, see if we can make some adjustments to make this the best Spider-Man movie it can possibly be. And Stan Lee says, you know what? I wrote Spider-Man for 30 years. I got nothing more to say. You guys did a great job. Excelsior. And he was out of there. And so Brian McBenis is like, ka-ching. Yeah. Well, yeah, exactly. Brian was like, that's weird. Right. Like, it's it's like your baby and the movie's here and they're they're here to listen. Like, why wouldn't you do it? But he's like, oh, okay, bye. And so he's like, all right. And he starts giving him some notes. And he says, one of the things he's, he says is, um, so I, I don't understand why Spider-Man doesn't make fun of the Green Goblin more. And they're like, what are you talking about? Well, uh, I mean, you, you look at the outfit. And why is he making fun of that ridiculous outfit? They're like, I, I don't understand. I mean, he looks like a Power Rangers villain. Why isn't he like saying that? Why isn't Spider-Man quipping about that? And these people just were staring at him, and he's like, "Oh my god, they don't know." Yeah, and like, wow. like they're always like, "It was like they just spent like two million dollars making this really expensive suit, and I'm here crapping on it." And he's like, "Oh, this is why Stan Lee is the smartest man in comics <laughs> because he saw this and got the heck out of there." <laughs> wow. So yeah, honestly, honest think- God, they didn't know. They really thought this what? is it. So I would say, I would say, if you want to find it, I'm sure it's out there somewhere. So it's the word balloon contest. Bendis tells it much, much better than I did. But they honestly, they thought, yeah, this is a great design, as opposed to looking like a naked Power Rangers villain. What do you think? Why would and I try to thought back? I try to think back at this time frame. Why would that have been seen as? Th- why would you think that that would have been something good? To do? I don't know. I don't know that. So I don't know that the outfit would work. In the comics, like the comics is very like it's green, it's scaly, it's purple. It, it really makes no sense in context of the when it was introduced to comics, too. It was just like, eh, green goblin, sure. Stanley loves his alliterative names, GG. Uh, and so it, it doesn't really have any bearing. Why is it purple? Because yeah, green and purple look good together. That's why the Hulk is, you know, wearing purple pants. So I don't think like a rubber mask really would have worked, but like taking the, the glider is fine. And having like a a suit connected to it also makes sense. But then this mask that perfectly fits this this exosuit makes no sense at all. Like, where did that mask come from? Like, I get the like the rest of the suit. They show another person wearing it early on. That's the that's the the exosuit that they designed for battle, and it, and it interfaces with the glider. All right, sure, you have an explanation of that. Fine, but like this mask looks like it was designed by the same person. But why would it be? But if not, then it's just a rubber mask that you put on, and then it doesn't match that at all. Like, I, so I, I see the problem. I see the the design stuff too, but. It, it's and then also having the scrim over the mouth and eye so you can see his real face sort of behind it. Yeah, I don't know. It's, it was it was it, it was that even seems time, like a, it was a bad design choice. And I well, no, but I mean that seems like I mean seriously that seems like an agent move of yeah, Mister Defoe will not be wearing prosthetic devices, <laughs> and, that, and that could be. I mean, that could be. He, he, he will not be face. wearing makeup. That makes sense. And and the thing yeah. is, uh, as much as I I get annoyed in in these particular Spider Man movies at how much the mask comes off of Spider Man. Um, it, with William Defoe, yeah, I, I kind of want to see the face. Well, let me ask this: Could you have gone? Would it have worked? Had it been okay when he does the when he does the the process change where uh-huh. he, he you know he goes to this experiment? 
What if it was? What if it was sort of like a? Could they have gone away where it was like a Hulk? Yeah, thing? where he transforms where into the actual. But then he turns into the green thing where he puts on the purple socks and yeah. the. That's what they. I mean, that's what they did in Ultimate Spider-Man. I mean, when they reinterpreted the character, is they actually had him have a physical transformation where he had like he grew wings. Like that's oh the 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 Green Goblin they did in Ultimate Spider-Man, which was the sort of reboot that that was at the time of that this movie came out was the number one comic in the world. Uh, the design of Green Goblin from Ultimate Spider-Man is in Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. The the Goblin he's fighting, the the original Peter Parker that we see uh, in Miles's world, that's the design of the Green Goblin from that. So that was sort of what the current oh. Goblin looked like. So I can I can see that. Like, but yeah, maybe they didn't want to do the whole CG because obviously this was very early on in the CG. I think I can't even remember a time before a full CG person was had so much screen time can you no not, I, mean, not I think spider-man was very revolutionary in the fact that they had a cg spider-man who would do all the stunts that was right, not the right. norm it is now but that was not the norm then the, the thing that the, the part that is like okay it's about halfway through the movie when, when it's when they're at the parade the balloons yeah. and stuff he, he crash lands into the balloon the police come up to him he pops up the green goblin pops mm-hmm. up and it is one of the most laughable villain shots <laughs> in all of every yeah. He literally looks, you can find screenshots of this on, on, on Google. He literally looks like he is wearing green painted uh, dryer vent coils <laughs> on his arms. It looks like he is wearing literally green gloves that you bought at Lowe's, yeah. right? And it looks like somebody took an old Batman Forever torso plastic part, painted it green, and stuck it yeah. on him. That's literally what it looks like. Yeah, the design was not great then, and it really does not look good now. Oh, it's so horrible. Yeah. I mean, it just it takes you out of. I mean, oh, okay. and I had no problem with with how William Defoe played him. Like, I, I, I get, right, like, I right. kind of, I wish they would actually push the whole split personality thing a little bit more. Uh, you know that uh, to even explain sort of how it how it worked, as right. opposed to just another typical. Um, uh, I, I, the one side doesn't know the other side. Like it kind of, as it goes along when he's figuring out who Spider-Man is, like he doesn't seem like he's quite the innocent one there. So it's like his goblin taking over, like, I don't know, it gets a little muddied about like what his, what his deal is. But I mean, I think he, he played it well in terms of, he wasn't trying to be the Joker, which uh, for those, for, for the fans of our same age, you know that he was up for the Joker in the 87 Batman and did not get the role, but came right. very, very close. Um, so yeah, there's 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 fan, there's even art out there of him like in, in the Joker makeup, um, but yeah, I think I, he I think he managed to make an original one, and obviously, once again, no one's touched it. So like it, it's a, it's a definitive enough thing that they they brought Norman Osborn back uh, in future movies, but they never tried to like have him do the same thing again, like to have the full Green Goblin story again. Right. So, you know. And, yeah, but it's just, it just the whole costume thing does not work on it. Yeah. I mean, and that's sad because they did such a great, they're a great job with the pumpkin bombs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's and like, that, 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 that oh. uh, the screen rant video brought up is um, he has this amazing bomb. He can throw it, turns people into skeletons. Like, wow, it's going to be hard to defeat that. No, he's never going to use it again. Oh. Oh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yes. What? what? Well, it must what? have been hard to make. I yeah. don't know. No, but it, but no, it, it just, and, and then, um, 
uh, uh, this uh, James Franco. Mm-hmm. I don't know. There's parts of this too that he doesn't really work. Yeah, me, but yeah, I guess that's that's the of, of all these the the ones in here. I think he's the the weakest of them all because he doesn't quite know what he's doing in, in the scenes. Like he doesn't have quite like sometimes he's really present, and other times he's sort of sort of checked out. And I didn't really get the the poor rich boy thing they were trying to do either. He gets, oh, obviously no, he gets more to do as cool. the movies go on, but like in this one, he, he seems a little lost. Right. No, absolutely. And, and I didn't, I, I never buy why Mary Jane would go out with him. Oh yeah. That whole, that was a little yeah. swerve that doesn't right. make. And, that's, that, make and I think sense. that goes along with the act two stuff. There's a lot. Of, I mean, like it's, it's buzzing along, at, you know, in, in the initial part of it. And then uncle Ben dies and stuff too. And then they get into this weird sort of like, Time has moved on, but you're not exactly sure how much. And now they're all in different places. It's sort of like we've we like we skipped a couple issues here, and now all of a sudden we're like the audience is trying to play catch up because like what's happened? What has the Green Goblin not done anything in the in these however many months it's been? I don't know. It's it gets it gets really muddy, and then sort of like uh, comes back together in the thing at the end of the bridge. So let me get to my second favorite part of the, of the movie, and I and I still it when I saw it in the movie theater. It, it raised the, the hairs on my arms and it did the same thing again when I watched it now. And this is something that had, was never done in any Spider-Man thing before. This is something that was added to the mythos by Sam Raimi and and the rest of the, the team and has continued on through all the rest of the movies that I find very, very interesting because I don't remember anybody ever talking about this before. Is that enough of a buildup? Everybody excited now? Oh yeah! Wait. Okay. No, I'm. I'm. You got me okay. ready. Like what? So, what is it? Uh, Spider Man is in the Marvel universe. Six one six. The comic universe is hated. He is not a hero. People do not like him. They make fun of him. They throw things at him. He is not a hero to the people of New York. The scene where Green Goblin is holding the two and he drops it in and like and there's this weird night field trip. I don't know what that's about. And so he saves all the thing and he's he's standing and he's, he's holding Mary Jane's one arm. He's holding it in there and the Goblin's coming around again and he's going to do it. And the Spider-Man knows he can't. He's going to have to just take whatever hits coming. And then the Goblin gets hit by something. And then hit by something. Else. He looks up and the people of New York are standing at the edge of the, the bridge, bridge throwing stuff at him saying... Leave Spider-Man alone. You mess with one of us, you mess with all of us. Oh my God, that's amazing. And that had never been done before. Now, wait, now, do you think that? Now, I, I and and I know time. I know partially why that is. <laughs> because, well, because because it was, it was 2002. This was, this was, this was post. Yes, this is also why. This is also what explains the last frame of the movie, too. Uh, and I, right. and there's I, a, mean, I mean, there very much was America. There's a very America thing going on after the events of September 11th. And I get that. Right. But it feels so sincere in terms of, yeah, of course they would love Spider-Man. Why would you love Spider-Man? It, that was one of the things I, I never understood, even the comic books. That, But that had always been the way. For 30 years of Spider-Man comics, Spider-Man was not a hero to the people of New York. They thought of him as the the, the threat or menace. That's the headline, right? They would throw stuff at him. They'd make fun uh, of him. Like, I mean, like nobody has ever gave any respect to him at all. He was never embraced like Captain America or Iron Man, where they're like, yeah, Cap, you show him. Like, it was always like, oh, freaking Spider-Man, come on, man. I'm trying to get across town. Can you not put your webs up right here? 
never right, expect. Funny. And from that moment, every movie afterwards has been like, yeah, people love him. There's a huge sequence in the Amazing Spider-Man just about that, and in in uh, even in Spider-Man: Homecoming and stuff too. The people love him. Hey, Spider-Man, do a flip. I mean, he's beloved by the people from there on out, yeah. which is not from that's not a Stan Lee, Steve Ditko thing. Huh. And it feels it, and 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 it makes sense to me. So it's like I, I find it interesting that that so no one talks about that kind of stuff. Well, you will. Well, you you will. This will hint. This will foreshadow what is my favorite uh, scene from Spider Man Two, which we'll talk about in oh, yeah, the next yeah. episode on this, which I still think is is similar to that yes. vein of this. Interesting though. Well, because because I remember seeing the movie, and, and and I remember even people were talking about this scene as the movie came out, saying, "Hey, you know, they they've put in a thing yeah. that obviously speaks to what New York has, well, sure. has been through." Um, and, and, I, I, and it I, wasn't over. I, you know, hundred percent acknowledge hand. that I, that was probably in the in the ether. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. But yeah, but but but, but it's, it's well, that stuck. was a very fun. I mean, like you forget. I forgot how much of this stuff you've seen. Like you know, when you see that scene and you think, well, wait, I've seen that scene in Homecoming, right, where he's got the two cables and he's trying mm-hmm. to hold everything together. Well, no, that's because that's yeah. the comic. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, that's, I mean, that's, yeah, the, that's the, it's it's a variation. Like it, they did it. It was Gwen Stacy, uh, and they did it, and uh, it did not end happily for poor poor Gwen. Yeah. No. Uh, but yeah, so that 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 like uh, you know make your choice thing is is straight out of the comics. But yeah, so then, and then and also the uh, the how uh, Green Goblin meets his demise by being impaled with his own glider. Of course, he's he's come back. I don't you know this. It's comics, so he's come back you know twenty different times from twenty different ways. You know, I did think it was neat. I hadn't catch. I obviously this is just something I caught this time. Was that his mm-hmm. spider sense? It's almost like his first spider sense is when he wakes up in the sweat from having mm-hmm. been bitten, which the movie pretends that this is at the same time that the Green yes. Goblin yeah, is Yeah, they do the parallel, the two of the, the yeah, I thought that was being great. created at the same time. Well, and I thought that that was great because it, it really is interesting how it's a call it's a, it's a call forward to the demise yeah. of the Green Goblin. True. Yeah. Yeah, I think and so, so we talk about Spider yeah, Sense. No, yeah, Spider Sense, they I think they do a, a really great job of showing it and explaining it. Like that, it, especially the first time it shows up where he knows something's up, but doesn't know what it is. And so you see it sort of flying around the room like, okay, there's something like his hyper awareness has kicked in. I'm supposed right. to be, I'm supposed to be aware of something. Is it it's not the wall? It's not the right. fly. It's not this girl. It's, it's like, oh, it's a fist. And like all of a sudden it's, whoa. Right. And so, yeah, but of course it's uh, less than subtle when he does a triple backflip in the air. <laughs> it's like... Yeah, Spider-Man shows up like a month later and nobody goes, hey, wait a minute. <laughs> well, oh, my God, right? Well, okay, when they watch him run out of the cafeteria uh, with the web connected to the tray. Like, okay, these not only these kids too old to be in high school, they're stupid. <laughs> well, maybe they graduated and after they I figure mean, like, really? oh, graduation will just wipe all that stuff away. Nobody remembers anything. There. Well, well, you know, the other thing on Spider-Sense, they even also, they even mentioned it in the science yeah. lab at the beginning. Yeah. Where they actually right. explain it even more. I mean, the far more right, than yeah. we've actually, in, all that stuff that she's one, saying is like basically things that he's going to have: the leaping ability, spinning webs, the, and even they even right. mention uh, spiders can uh, cloak. And I was like, oh, look at that! There's a little, uh, little uh, Miles Morales foreshadowing there because that's the power yep. he gets that Peter doesn't. The um, yeah, no, I thought the demise was good. I thought the whole uh, 
you know, it's interesting the way that they they set up the whole uh, Harry's why Harry mm-hmm. hates Spider Man. Yeah. You well, know, sure, you're in, okay, Pete. Bring, I mean, just, <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I mean, like it was, you know, that, and then obviously making the decision about Mary Jane and just the whole closure. I thought was it was it, it, it's a it's it, there's moments here that are great. Wow, there's just so much that's yeah. corny that I just don't remember <laughs> yeah. being that corny. Yeah, but but I, I think overall, I think it still holds up. I think it actually uh, still. Gonna, I say, and oh, like I said, I, my my daughter it's, knew almost nothing of it except for sort of the homages that she's seen in Spider-Verse and all that kind of stuff too, and still loved it. Like she still was enthralled like the whole way through. And, and uh, she does not, she's not patient when it comes to movies that are like, cause I, I have shown her some terrible, terrible movies. Uh, cause I think that's very important as a parent because you need to have your kids calibrate their tastes. So you got to show them awful stuff too. You mean, you mean poorly made, you mean poorly made. I do. <laughs> I did. I mean, like, uh, some that are, some that are, I mean, I, I've, I've shown her good, bad movies. I've shown her bad, bad movies. You know, it's like you, right, you right, can't right. appreciate the genius of the first Avengers movie with enough, uh, you know, uh, alacrity, uh, without having seen Batman versus Superman. Like this is how, like, this is how bad it could have gone. But look how good it is! Like you know, it, it helps to make it even, even make it even better. And this has been Kyle's Geek I Parent like, Corner. I still, I still like that. I do like that movie. Batman vs Superman. Talk about that another day. Oh. <laughs> yeah, we'll, have to, we'll have to do an alternate universe. Where we talk about the DC stuff. I, 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 I say for and say for for all as much as I will harp on it, I have I watched it in the theater. Paid money to see it. I bought it twice on home video. So I mean, like I, I have, I've paid my dues literally uh, as a fan. So I mean, like I, 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 enough to them that I paid money to, you know, to to say like, even though like I didn't like this movie, but I'm still gonna give you money for it because I appreciate that you took time to make it. I, I have not sure, bought Venom. Sure. So just to you know right. let you know where I'm where I'm at on these things. Yeah, where you stand. So no, it's it's. I'll tell you what, it's fun. Uh, again, yes. for all the reasons we said, I mean, and the acting, I think the acting and, and I'll tell you, and the yes. effects, the effects do hold up. You're absolutely right. They hold up better than you would think. Yeah, I think, I think for season. the, it's a, it's a perfect first act. I think it like they, they, they do a, such a great job of establishing the characters and, and setting all the stuff. I think it's great. It gets lost in the middle and then it really sticks the ending and stuff too. And yes. of course then it's, it's the, it's the Parker luck at the end when he, you know, decides he's going to be the, the martyr and like, I can't be happy. So I need to make sure that I do this. Um, we, and, we'll, and we're going to see the ramifications of that play out over the next couple of movies and stuff too. But yeah, it's, it's, I, I, I was, I was surprised at how well it still holds up. Uh, I, I thought it would be hokier than it was. I mean, it's still, like you said, it's still a little corny, uh, but I think this really set the template for what other ones will do. And, and also covered a lot of grounds that people were like, all right, we don't need to do that anymore. Like nobody's going to be able to do the origin better than sam did in the in the first in the first you oh, know no, 45 minutes of this not. movie yeah and god knows they're gonna try <laughs> <laughs> oh no, less, in less than yeah. 10 years uh, uh but uh yeah but uh, it still is good so yeah yeah, yeah so yeah obviously from the this the movie's a huge success uh it, it won it's it's made a ton of money and uh uh really put all of them on the, the, the top of the, the charts for the longest time uh, enough so that they were granted a sequel. 
And so we will uh, be back then to re- to visit uh, Spider-Man 2 from 2004. So only two years, which actually for sequels is actually pretty quick, especially then too with all that stuff. And yeah. with, I, I think, almost everyone back too, which is also at this time was pretty unprecedented because they didn't really do that thing where they would sign everybody for, you know, 10 movies at the start. Uh so yeah, so it's it's definitely a a, a full a, a full on sequel, and so that's gonna be that's gonna be a really fun one. I'm looking forward to talking about that one because there's some there's some great great stuff yeah. in that too. So, all right, so that was our our deep dive on uh, Spider Man from 2002. Uh, so thank you all for listening. Uh, we will be back uh, in a bit to talk about Spider Man Two as our Fall of the Spider continues. So we will see you further on the road. Bye.